0: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God. I'm actually gone today as a hologram up here, so you can put your hands right through me. Um, I have two homilies, so I'm going to make two short homilies, uh, hopefully two short ones. Um... A couple thoughts came to me this week uh, while preparing for the homily. Um, one is on, in the gospel texts, the, the power of God's compassion. Oh, he's always thinking about the people. His thoughts were always about saving them. Not a thought in his mind was there but that. How can I save them? How can I bring them to me? So when they were hungry, he fed them. When they were sick, he healed them. When they were lonely, he visited them. When they poor, he gave them his life. He made us rich by his own poverty. So the Lord shows great compassion on his people. He is talking to preaching to 5,000 and the disciples are concerned that they need to go away because they are hungry and he says don't just let them sit down how much do we have five loaves and two fish they say he says beginning to distribute them to the people so 5,000 men plus women and children So maybe over 10,000 people were served with five loaves and two fish and 12 baskets full equal to the number of the apostles was left. This is a picture for us of first the Eucharist of God's abundance in breaking the bread every day in every part of the world and feeding His people. He said, I will not leave you alone. I will not de- if I depart and go to my Father, I will not leave you alone. How do I not leave you alone? I, I come to you in the bread and the wine every Sunday. Every communion, I come to you. I feed you. As he fed the Israelites in Egypt for 40 years, as he fed the 5,000 and, uh, uh, after preaching to them, He feeds us with his holy body and blood, the Eucharist for us. It's very interesting that, you know, you make five loaves when you make the bread. And out of one is cut the lamb, the Christ, and that's what you commune with. Out of the other is cut uh, uh, a a particle for the mother of God. Another is cut for the saints. And then all of you are commemorated. If your name is a birthday or whatever it is, you're commemorated. So on that pattern that comes up to the altar, guess who's on that pattern? You are. You're on that. So somehow in this mystery of coming together in Christ's body and blood, we all enter this mystery. We all enter this sense of offering to him. So a joy to us today to offer ourselves to Christ and he offers back his body and blood of the life, our life. He looks up to heaven and it's not in for him, it's not that the Father blessed, it's that he shows us his unity with the Father. And that this is not a moment where he's asking the Father to bless it because he's blessing it. And so he shows his unity with the Father. And then they sit and are satisfied. You know, beloved, the more we live our life in Christ, the more we are satisfied. The more we try to attract and live our life according to the things of this world, the less satisfied we are. God wants to satisfy us. God wants to fulfill us. You know, it's very hard sometimes to do that because, you know, we're kind of bent. We kind of lean toward the world, and it's easy to make that move toward the world. It's hard sometimes to make that move over to Christ. We're so close to being satisfied by the world. You know, all I've got to do is open the... i just got to walk into my cupboard and eat an Oreo cookie, and I'm satisfied. See? Or, you know, this is the fast, so we won't talk about ice cream, but on the 15th of August, I'll walk by the freezer and I'll be satisfied like this. Because I'm inclined that way. The spiritual satisfaction takes effort. You have to make an effort. You have to pray. You have to draw near to God. You have to repent. So it takes effort. But when you get there, you're so much more satisfied. You know, it's like you've all worked out. And many of you I know are working out today. Working out hard. Nobody's excited about this, so we're not doing that yet. You know, you start, you get up in the morning. I used to run in the mornings. You know, Thank God I ran with some friends, and that got me out of bed. You know, when that alarm goes off at 5 o'clock in the morning, the last thing you want to do is put running shoes on and go run. The last thing. But when you're done, how do you feel? You feel great. It's like this was worth it. But you have to make an effort. The spiritual effort to satisfaction is, is more difficult than the simple effort to be satisfied by the world. You can click on the TV, put in a movie. That stuff's easy. The world makes it easy to be satisfied. Our struggle is to find those, those, those things in life that are spiritual satisfactions that may take some effort, and make those habits. Make those habits. Your prayer has to be a habit. You have to have a time, a place, and a rule. And you have to not compromise that. You have to have a fasting routine. You need a routine of almsgiving and kindnesses. And those will take efforts, but those will be the most fulfilling things you do. So, make the effort, and and the satisfaction is there. God desires to satisfy us. And then, Not only does he satisfy, but he gives in abundance. After the feeding of the 5,000, there's 12 baskets full of bread left. And it's interesting to me because when when we come, God wants to satisfy us in abundance. He wants to give us an abundant life. And there's two things I want to share with you in this that that, uh, encourage me. One is... One of the most beautiful times in the liturgy is the dismissal for me. It's because God blesses us abundantly. Not only did he give you his life, not only did he sacrifice himself for you, but he gave you a relationship along with that with the Mother of God, with the Holy Cross, with the angels in heaven, with St. John the Baptist, with all the apostles, with the fathers among the saints, with the great and holy martyrs. Look around you. With Saints Joachim and Anna, and all the saints that have gone before us. St. Athanasius the Great. He's given you a relationship with these people. Abundance. Not only has he given you his life, he's given you this relationship with all the saints that have gone before you and all the saints that we live with here. You know, that comforts me. When I give that dismissal, I, I feel comfort. I feel cared for. I feel blessed. I feel abundantly satisfied. Because God blesses us beyond what, what we could even expect to be blessed with. With the surrounding of all the saints. You know, I was thinking about it this morning. When we come in, the priest comes in for the entrance with a gospel. And he says, uh, uh, O maker, lover of mankind, grant that the holy angels may enter with us to serve and glorify that goodness with us. May the who enter with us? The holy angels. How many? How many? A couple of them. Lord, let a few angels come. No, you know what we say? We say all the angels come. You know where we're going? You know where we are? Around the throne of God. You know who's around the throne of God? The angels and the saints. Abundantly, beloved, abundantly. We don't, if God, give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear them. You know, some of the children do. I think the kids get this. You look at the kids and go, oh, yes, I know that. I've seen them. So we need to understand how abundantly God wants to bless us. Um, The other thing is, uh, I was reading reading from the Wisdom of Solomon, written by a scribe right before the birth of the Lord uh, in about probably 30 or 50 B.C., and it said in there that he was talking about how God blesses the righteous, and he said, and this is the quote from uh, the Wisdom of Solomon: "And creation will fight with him against the senseless, and creation will fight with him against the senseless." If you are struggling to be righteous and holy, and you're making your effort toward God, guess who's also going to help you? Creation. You know, there was a great. Uh, movie when I was a kid and this reminded me of this after I read this I said you know that's really exciting that you know I walk outside and if I'm making an effort toward God you know is helping me the birds they may be singing a song for me maybe encouraging me maybe the dogs are barking and saying praise God they're doing something to encourage me to move me toward him you know st. Herman said To his people that if they felt depressed they should go hug a tree because the trees will help you the trees will help you and so I walk outside to my car and there's a bluebird right there and it flashed in my mind this this old Disney movie where there's a bluebird on my shoulder it's the truth it's factual everything is satisfactual Zippity doo-dah, zippity a. My oh my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine heading my way. Zippity doo-dah, zippity a. Guess what God did for me? He helped me be a righteous person through that bluebird. He sent a bluebird to me to help me be a righteous person. We need to pay attention. We need to pay attention. To what God does to help us be righteous people. We probably walk, I probably walk by that stuff all the all the time. Maybe one percent I see. All the time God is blessing. All the time God is trying to guide you and encourage you. Abundantly, beloved, abundantly. So I, I encourage you in this. Encourage you in this that God desires to satisfy you, but to satisfy you abundantly. So we need to pay attention. The second homily, (laughs) I should have done this backwards, I think, but this is okay, is this epistle reading of St. Paul, uh, and and he's concerned that they're disagreeing with one another, that there's disagreements among them. And so he says, you know, if we find our life in Christ, then... Uh, God blesses. God blesses that. He doesn't bless dissension. He blesses unity. He blesses when we come together. He blesses when we fight to be common. We fight to be uh, at one with one another. And not view ourselves in regard to our disagreements, but we view ourselves in terms of what we're unified in. So, uh, So there's three things I just want to share with you briefly in this. One is that In my experiences, in relationships, in the church, in marriage, etc., there are three things that are essential to have to a strong commitment. One is love, there's humility, and the other is remembrance of God. You need all three. You need to love, you need to be humble, you need to remember God. When one of those things starts to shake and get it gets eroded, problems come into the relationship. In other words, that if you have anger, not love, you have problems. If you have pride, not humility, you have problems. If you forget God, you'll have problems. So these things are totally and important to us. So, beloved, you desire to live in unity with one another, in the church, in your family. The importance here is that you understand these three things are essential. You can't just commit to be unified. You know, every couple that stands up at that altar when they get married commits to unity. They sometimes just don't understand what's going to take. It takes love. It takes humility. It takes remembering God. You have to have those things. They're absolutely essential. If they begin to erode, the relationship erodes. And that happens in the church. That happens at work. But those three virtues God uses as glue. So you have to fight for those things. You You have to hold on to those things. Understand that they have to be a work in your life. Are you working to be more loving? Say Amen. Are you working to be more loving? Even if you're not now, you're, you're, are you going to work to be more loving? Amen. Now, that's honesty. You probably weren't doing it before. But you have to work at it. You know, I was told by my spiritual father, he said this. He said, you love your wife this much. You know what you got to do? you got to love her that much. And then guess what? Then you got to love her that much. Then you got to love her that much. I've got to be more and more in love with my wife. It's not enough right now for me to be satisfied with how much I love her. Right now, I'm not satisfied. I need to love her more. She's not here today, so uh, I can speak about her. But I need to love her. I need to love everything about her. I was thinking to a friend of mine yesterday. He said, you know, I, I found out the secret to my marriage. I said, what's that? He says, I love all the things that used to bother me. I love all those things. I love That's what I love about her now more. Those things used to bother me, and now that's what I love about her. Father John Braun said that years and years ago to me. He says, I love my wife because of her shortcomings, because of her weaknesses. I said, no, 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 you mean in spite of. He says, no, because of. Because that's her. That's who she is. It's about not me changing her. So, beloved, love. You have to extend yourself. St. John of that even says, force yourself to love. You have to choose to stretch. To stretch out. And to love that which you don't love. Can you love that? Can you stretch that far? Because guess what God did for you? Guess what God did for you? He stretched that far. Are you unlovely at points in your life? You know what God does? He loves that anyway. You need to know that. You need to be a Christ. You need to do what Christ did. Stretch, stretch, stretch to love. So we have to love. Be humble. To be humble means you have to be honest with yourself. You have to look at yourself honestly. And when you look at yourself honestly, guess who's the greatest sinner? Raise your hand if you're the greatest sinner. If you didn't raise... Oh, that. Because if I count my sins, they are in the thousands. And if I look at Michael and count his sins, the ones I know... They're very little. See. So mine are up here. Michael's here. Can I forgive? Did God forgive me? How many? Thousands. How many? And God's asking me to give a forgive couple of Michael? So I'm going to go strangle Michael over his sins and uh, abuse him and, and bother him, because I can't forgive him because he's done some offense against me. No, God has forgiven me thousands of sins. It's that great parable of God forgiving the man uh, that owed him a million dollars. And he goes and strangles a guy that owes him ten. We have been forgiven so much, beloved. We need to be forgiving. We need to be honest with ourselves. Our sins are so great. It allows us to not blame other people, not to look at other people with judgment or criticism. But to look at ourselves, to work on ourselves. When we begin that honest work with ourselves, guess what virtue you will acquire? Humility. When you work on yourself, you acquire humility. And when you look out there, you go, you know that person ain't so bad. That's not so bad. The more you work on yourself, the more humility you acquire. So you know, I would say it this way. I need to stop working on you. I need to work on me. You need to start, stop working on someone else. Start working on yourself. And then humility will grow in us. So we need humility. And finally, we need to remember God. Beloved, so pray to remember Him. You come to church to remember Him. You read the scriptures to remember Him. Read the lives of the saints to remember Him. You're kind and you remember Him. You do a kind work. You give an alms. When we're fasting, when we're not eating something, we can remember God. We can thank God for even simple provision. Thank Him at food. Keep God in your memory. Keep Him in the front of your mind. The saints say that the key to the deep spiritual life is that you only have one thought. How many thoughts? One thought. You know what that thought is? God. Adam, give me one. Not three. One. One thought. What's that thought? Christ. One thought. We have one thought. Wow. How many, you, you know how many thoughts we're troubled with all the time? Ever wake up and get bombarded? Okay, one thought. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Draw yourself back to the one thought. One thought, remember God, beloved. So remember, to overcome dissensions, we need to be loving, we need to be humble, and we need to remember God, and you have to be working on all three of those things. They're all a work in progress. We don't acquire them uh, all together, but we have to continue to work on them all together. So in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen.